0: I want to I, I want to pick up really in this series of how to take over the world. Uh, I know last week uh, Pastor Marty ministered to you from Luke chapter 22, and I kind of want to pick back up uh, there this week and read uh, that passage of scripture. If you weren't here last week, uh, Pastor Marty uh, is in a series that I'm just picking up on how to take over the world, and we're talking in particular about prayer. And something I love about this church, just from being here, is that you guys value prayer. And so many people they've forgotten about prayer. We gotta press in in prayer. And in Luke chapter 22, in verse uh, let's let's say verse 41, Jesus walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed. You know, if Jesus prayed, it's probably a good idea for us to pray. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yeah. And he said, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. Then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. He prayed more fervently. He was in such agony that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. Aren't you glad you're not going to have to pray like that? At last he stood up and returned to the disciples, only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping? He said, Get up and pray so that you will not give in to temptation. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for this time together. We thank you for the word of God that encourages us, strengthens us, builds us up. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you freely in this great nation that you've given us. And Lord, tonight I just ask you that you would use my simple words to encourage those that are here to teach, to instruct, to build up and Lord, we just thank you that as we look at Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, that we would see a pattern of how you were a man of prayer and how we can also press into the place of prayer so that we can do extraordinary things for you. We thank you for that tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Now, I want you to turn with me to a few chapters to the left to Luke chapter 5, if you got your iPhone. Uh, hit a few buttons and bust over there to Luke chapter 5 and I, I'm going to do something tonight that I, I like to do and I, I hope it's okay. I'm going to come down here off the platform so I can see you a little bit better. Uh, but is it going to Uh oh. I better stay up here. Okay. <laughs> We're getting all the bugs worked out on Saturday night. You know, we got to. Okay. Luke chapter 5, there's a verse here and it's it's just a little verse that's tucked in there that packs a lot of power. You know, it, it, it doesn't take much from God's word to pack a big punch. And uh, this is one of those verses that just, it packs a big punch. And, and it it's coming out of a place where Jesus is seeing all kind of miracles. He's, he's doing all kind of amazing things. And yet, in the middle of that, we get a little bit of insight into Jesus' prayer life. And it says, in, in Luke chapter 5, verse 16, it says, But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. But Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. In the verse before that, it said, Despite Jesus' instructions, the report of his power spread even faster, and vast crowds came to hear him preach and to be healed of their diseases. You, you know, there's, there's always a temptation when stuff starts going good to abandon prayer. It, it seems like, it, it seems like the better things get, the harder it is to pray. You ever notice that? When, when things are going terrible, it's as easy to pray as breathing. It's like, oh God, help me. you know when, when, when you get to the end of the month and you ain't got any money left and you, you went down to Dillard's and, and got 18 things that were on sale and, and you, you, you run out of money before you run out of month, prayer gets easy. I, I don't know what it is. You know, if you drive down the road and you're about to slam into somebody, you, you let out a, a loud Jesus, and and that's your prayer. It, it's easy to pray. <laughs> and uh, I know I heard a story of a, of a young lady that was in our church, and she is backslidden. And uh, after a couple of years, she got back right with the Lord. And uh, she was telling one of the leaders in our church about some of her experience, and she said, you know. I used to pray in the spirit, but then I'm back then and I didn't pray in the spirit for several years. She said, but one day I was driving down the road and uh, I almost got in a wreck. And she said, I prayed in tongues for 45 minutes straight before I knew what had happened. <laughs> and, you know, it just got easy to pray when there was something going on. And, and so many times it's just human nature for us. To, as things get better, we seem to get further away from prayer. And as as we move back towards trouble or difficulty, then we always kind of seem to gravitate back towards prayer. But, but what if we could follow Jesus' example and be consistent in the place of prayer? And, and actually, when things get going good, actually get motivated to pray more. Instead of thinking, the the logic that the enemy wants you to have is is if things are good, well I don't need to pray. But the logic we ought to have and the approach we ought to have is if, if I'm praying and things are good, think how much better they'd be if I prayed more. Think how much more God wants to do. Think how much more he wants to trust me. Think how much more resources could flow through me if I was more in tune with what he was saying to me. And so Jesus was in the height of his ministry here. This this is when everything was going good and, and yet he was praying. And of course, we saw him just a minute ago in Luke 22. He was at the, the lowest point of his ministry and he was praying there because he had established a priority in his life of prayer. And, and that's kind of the title of what I'm talking to you about tonight is the priority of prayer. Because prayer ha- has to come to a place where it's a priority to you. Where, where it's, it's at the core of, of your walk with God. It's not on the outskirts of your walk with God. It's not something you think about because everything in the world has possibly gone wrong, has gone wrong. And now your last resort is prayer. And thank God for his grace that we can come to him and he doesn't get an attitude with us like, you ain't been to see me in a while. What you think I'm going to do for you? Aren't you glad we serve a God who doesn't have a bad attitude? Aren't you glad we serve a God who has grace for us where even if we don't talk to him for a year, we can call out on his name and he hears us. But I believe that God wants to bring us to a place. and I believe he wants to bring you to a place where prayer is something of a priority. And so we're going to break down a couple of words in this one little sentence verse that give us some insight into Jesus prayer life and that gives us insight into our prayer life about the priority of prayer. And it it, it starts with this word, but. The word but. Why does it use that word? Because everything was going great, but Jesus often went through to the wilderness for prayer. And that means no matter how it's going, prayer has to be a priority. No matter how it's going, prayer has to be a priority. You you know, uh, a lot of times the Lord uses me to give words to people and, and in prophetic ministry. And a lot of times he gives me pictures. And when, when I'm praying about a sermon, sometimes if there's something that I just quite can't get my arms around, I'll pray about it. And the Lord will just give me a, a little illustration or a story or something. And, and as I was praying about this, uh, I, I saw a clock. And I see, you know, one of the old school clocks. Now we got digital clocks, but an old school analog clock. And, and where is is twelve 12 is always at the same place, isn't it? It's always at the top. And it doesn't move around. It's always at the top. I've never seen a clock where 12 wasn't at the top. Have you ever seen a clock where 12 wasn't at the top? 12 is always at the top. And and then you go around and 6 is at the bottom. And then it goes back up to 12. And, and, And the Lord said to me, 12 is the place of prayer. When you come out of the place of prayer, you feel like you're running downhill. You got, you got power. Remember Elijah? He prayed fervently for rain and then it says that he, he had to gird up his, his, his uh, tunic or whatever it was he was wearing back then and he outran Ahab's fastest horses. You know, prayer energizes. We're not going to go all into that tonight, all the benefits of prayer. We're talking more about the priority of it. But, but when you come out of the place of prayer, boy, your spirit is just fired up. It's like running downhill. At our church there in Louisiana, growing up, we had foyers. And the foyers had a long slope out into the lobby. And, and it was one of our favorite things to do to get running as fast as we could across the auditorium and then at peak speed go downhill that foyer. And it was like you were running faster than you could ever run because you were going downhill. And we just love that feeling. Now, wasn't that good when you lost control and crashed into the back wall? But that only happened twice. Uh, but have you ever have you ever run downhill or have you ever ridden a bicycle downhill? It, you don't even have to pedal and you're just flying. And that's how prayer can do that to your spirit, man. We're just it just energizes you. It just causes you to feel like you're supercharged. And the only problem is, is you can only go downhill for so long, and then what do you gotta do to get back up there? Gotta go uphill. Uh-oh. And nobody likes going uphill. I, I've I've never met anybody that said, you know what, when I get on my bicycle, I just love to find a hill and go up it. I don't really like going down. I just like struggling. I just I just like getting it down in a low gear and just, just cranking it. No, we, we we like the downhill momentum. But but with prayer, it's like we come out of the place of prayer and, and it's all downhill. But then we have to climb back up the top of the hill to get back to the place of prayer. And Jesus Jesus would go from the place of prayer to the place of ministry. And then he would go back to the place of prayer because he he knew he could do more coming out of the place of prayer and making prayer a priority than he could if he just did ministry all the time. Think about it. If prayer was a waste of time and Jesus had three and a half years to do his ministry, you think he would have wasted his time praying? And then some people say, well why did Jesus need to pray? He was God. Look, if Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? And so we have to start thinking a little bit different about prayer. And I know some of you are saying, "Well, I'd love to pray. I just don't know what to do it on." We'll we'll, we'll touch on that a little bit because I believe we got to we got to demystify this thing. We got to make it simple. But but if you don't get anything else today, and what I say, this is this is this is a big thought right here. Is prayer has to be a priority in your life. You know, eating is a priority to us. Can I get an amen? Amen. We I don't ever have to worry about forgetting to eat for a month. Anybody in here ever forgot to eat for a month? You probably, you probably wouldn't be alive. You probably no. Nobody forgets to eat for a month. Why? Because it's a priority. In fact, three hours go by and I haven't eaten, I start thinking about it. But you know what? Why is it we can go a month without prayer? Because we don't make it a priority. Because whatever we value, we think about. Anything we value, we think about. You know, my, my wife's not here with me. She travels sometimes with it. She's actually preaching in Shreveport this weekend, and uh, she she actually travels and preaches as well. And she she's a better preacher than me, but uh, much much easier to look at. I can tell you that. But. Uh, You know, my wife is someone that I value. And I don't just forget that I'm married to her. No, I think about her all the time because I value her. And and prayer has to be something that becomes a priority to us. Now, let's, let's look a little bit further in this. He said, but Jesus often. Now, a lot of times we wonder how often should I pray? This is where a lot of religion and legalism comes in. I I, I love the fact that Jesus never said and it never articulates how often he prayed because if so we would all make that the standard and if we did better than that we'd be self-righteous and prideful and if we did less we'd feel condemned and guilty. But the Holy Spirit was so amazing in how he structured the word. He just said, but Jesus often would you to prayer, You know, I believe you'll pray as often as the Holy Spirit leads you in the season of life that you're in, in the calling on your life, in the circumstances of your life. If you're a new mother, you're not going to spend three hours in prayer and intercession over the nations every day. If you have a job, nine to five, well, you can't spend 12 hours a day in prayer. But there ought to be an oftenness to your prayer. That, that, that means it speaks of the priority of prayer. It means he often withdrew that there ought to be a lot of time. You know, if you ask me, how much time do you spend with your wife? Well, it's not, well, I spend 45 minutes every other day with her. No, that would be stiff. Can you imagine if I sat down with my wife with one of those old timers that you use in the kitchen that click, 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 click and put it on 45 minutes and said, okay, baby, you got 45 minutes, talk. (laughs) And we're talking and at 45 minutes, ding. I'm like, all right, see you in two days. But a lot of times we treat prayer that way. He often, now, There's another little word in here that's important. It says he often withdrew. That means there's a place for prayer. You know, they say that they did a study on nonprofits and charities, and America is one of the most generous nations in the world. And they, they studied everybody that gives to charity. And, and they, they learned something very fascinating, Pastor Martin that people who plan to give give a minimum of five times more than people who just give spontaneously. They give five times more, are way above it, the minimum. What does that mean? That means that things you plan to do, you end up doing way more than things that you feel led to do. And maybe a limiting belief about your prayer life has been, well I just pray whenever I feel led to. How about praying whenever you plan to? If people give five times more that plan to give, I think the same thing applies to prayer. We ought to have a place and a plan for prayer. Say, Lord, you know what? I'm going I'm to make prayer a priority, and I'm going to prove it by having some kind of a place, some kind of a plan to spend time with you. That can be something as, as simple as, you know what? Every day when I get in my car, instead of listening to the news, I'm going to turn on worship and just spend time with God. That's one thing I like to do. I have about a 15-minute commute, and you know what? I can spend that time listening to Rush Limbaugh or to country music, or there's all kind of stuff out there, or I can just turn on some worship music and just spend time in the presence of God. And you may be saying, "Well, does that count?" Absolutely, that counts. That's what I'm saying. We, we got to quit making it so complicated and say, could you, could you allocate time in your car on the way to work to be time with the Lord? Absolutely. In fact, that's some of the best. That's one of the, because many times you're alone, you're not distracted. Now, yeah, you know, your phone could ring or you could make phone calls or you could do a lot of different things, but the best thing to do is just say, you know what? I'm just going to allocate that time on the way to work. To just spend time with the Lord and just turn on some worship music. You know, the devil will always try to make prayer hard. Yeah, right. yeah, you're right. He he doesn't have to try to stop you from praying. He just has to convince you that it's complicated. I I, I battle with being a perfectionist, and you know when I start doing something, it, it's like sand. It just it just gets more and more complicated the more I try to pursue perfectionism. And, and and this is something that I had to learn from my dad because my dad is not a perfectionist, and he taught me this, that that prayer is something that ought to be easy. And so, you know, for me, it's like, you know, I feel like if I'm not at St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, kneeling on the marble floor, looking up at Michelangelo's paintings and the music is just right, and the temperature is just right, and and, and there's a a choir singing softly in the choir loft, but not intruding in my prayer time, I could really pray. You know, if I if I had that, that wing on my house, I, I hear about people, they, they build a wing onto their house, and that's their prayer. And I say, you know what? If I just had that perfect wing on my house where it was totally dedicated to prayer, and, and I had the right couch in there and the right lighting, and, and I had the right sound system in there, man, I could pray. Now, It's as simple as getting in my truck and hitting play on iTunes. It's as simple as that. Let's let's not make it so complicated. And you know what? If you miss a day, the enemy comes and says, see, you messed up. Say, shut up, devil. (laughs) You know, if if you'll just say out loud, it's not complicated. Why don't you just just say it out loud? Just just for practice, say it's not complicated. Tell your neighbor, say it's not complicated. Tell them quit making it complicated. It's it's not complicated, y'all. Get a little get a little of that southernness in there. It's not complicated, y'all. We we gotta quit making prayer complicated. You know one of the things that. The Lord uses me to do is I I coach a lot of pastors and leaders in devotionals and Bible reading and prayer. And one of the things I tell them, I say, Hey, they say, What do I need to do? And they think they're going to get a big list of things. I say, Okay, you ready? Go to the church on Saturday and stay there for three hours. They say, What am I going to do? I'm like, I don't know. I don't care. Just sit in the sanctuary. If you get tired, lay down on the pew and take a nap. (laughs) And they're like, I can do that. Like, yep, still counts. Why? Because it's just hanging out with the Lord. He just wants you to be in a place where where you can connect with him. We're going to see in a minute. The whole purpose of prayer is just to connect with God that's that's the whole purpose that's what we're talking about. So Jesus Jesus would go out to the wilderness he had a place he'd get out there where there was no distraction. he didn't he didn't try to do it in a room crowded with people he, he didn't he didn't try to do it he just got somewhere where he could hear the voice of God without distraction and he'd just spend time with God. You know Jesus didn't even have iTunes. Just imagine what he could have done if he would have had gateway worship on when he was praying. <laughs> We've got more things that can help us and yet somehow we spend less time just connecting with God. You know, when we talk about taking over the world. If you begin to practice, first you'll take talking about in your life. First of all, you'll see the Lord invade your life. First he'll take over your life. Then he'll take over your family and he'll take over your house and he'll take over at your work. And if enough of us begin to spend time with the Lord, we'll take over the world for Jesus. Because when we connect, Jesus, before he picked the 12 disciples that would be the 12 apostles, it said he prayed all night and then he chose 12. Every major decision Jesus made, he preceded it with prayer. But yet so many times we just skip over that one little thing that's so important that could change the whole trajectory of our life. Finally it says, he withdrew to the wilderness for prayer. I said a minute ago, the purpose of prayer is to connect with God. That's the purpose of prayer. That's right. When you say, "Joel, you mean I could listen to a worship song and that counts as prayer? Does it connect you with God?" If it doesn't connect you with God, it wasn't prayer. I don't care if it's just talking to the Lord. You know, today I was I was driving on my way to meet up with Kevin before we came here and something was just it was just bothered me. I realized I I just something was bothering me and and, and it was just a, a, a kind of like a A cloud that was on me and I was just, I I was thinking about it and I was kind of laboring through it like I was kind of in the mud. And And then next thing you know, I just out loud, I just said to Jesus, you know, Jesus, why do I feel this way? What is it in me that's making me feel this way? And I felt like the Holy Spirit just began to minister to me. Here I am driving down the road talking to myself, but I'm talking to God. And I felt connected to God. It, it wasn't a prayer meeting. It wasn't a big it, I didn't even have I didn't even have a worship song on. I just was riding down the road and, and just meditating and and I just started talking to Jesus out loud. What is it? That's prayer. You know? And and people, people may be darling, what is he doing? Hey, I'm talking to God. That's prayer. Prayer is connecting with God. Now, let me give you a couple of little practical things. I always like to give you some, some practical things to help you. Worship is the entrance way to connection with God. I keep mentioning that. And so I want to encourage you to do two things. One, get a playlist. Make it, Everybody loves to make them a playlist. You know, used to, we had to make them on boom boxes with double tape deck and we had to do it. Y'all remember that? Anybody remember that? Yeah, Back in the ancient old school days, you know, you make that little love mix and get the, get the boom box out and hope the song came on the radio and record it at this time. Then move it over to this tape. And I mean, when when you gave in my case, if I gave a young lady a mix, that that, that was like covered in love. I mean, it, that represented hours of work. All this stuff just going on there, click, click, clickety-click, here here you go on your iPod. We, we didn't have any of that. It was a labor of love. <laughs> but, but make you a mix of worship songs that instantly connect you with God. Because you don't have time to spend 45 minutes trying, trying to figure out where God's at. You just need to hit play and it be like, oh, there he is. I've got, I've got a playlist. Now I keep adding songs to it. The other day I checked it 7 hours and 45 minutes long. And all I do, I just hit shuffle and it just starts going through anointed song after anointed song. And so depending how much time I have, I just let it play. And it's, that's, that's, my, that's my worship prayer p- playlist. And nothing gets on that playlist that I don't just absolutely love, and and a bunch of the songs are old songs, because you know them oldie and goodie songs. I, I just I love them old school songs. And and, and there's nothing on there that's not anointed. And here, here's a, a quick little way if you if you, if you whoa watch that. <laughs> here's an easy way to measure how long you've been in prayer is how many songs, because every song is an average of five minutes. And he's like, hey, I listen to three songs. Hey, I just spent 15 minutes in prayer. You listen to <laughs> yeah, some of their stuff be longer. But you know what? You just, you just say, hey, you know what? You, then you'll begin to find yourself saying, you know what? I got about 10 minutes. I could do two songs. Just turn it on. Just listen. And then, hey, 10 minutes. We just had a little time with the Lord. Just spent time with him. Just touch base with him. So worship is a big key. Then the other one is your commute. And I mentioned that earlier about riding in your car. It, it, something I didn't say, when you ride in the car, it's a great time to just turn on some worship music and pray in the spirit. You know, praying in the spirit, it builds up your inner man. It energizes you. And maybe you, you go to, maybe your workplace is a hard and difficult place. Maybe there's a lot of stress there. Well, get your spirit ready for the day just by praying in the spirit. I like the phrase, worship and don't worry. Because if you listen to news or you listen to what's going on there, it'll do nothing but make you worry. Don't start your day with that stuff. Start your day connecting with God. Don't let the enemy make it religious. Don't let it make it legalistic. Don't make it all complicated. And the whole goal is to connect with what God wants to say to you and do in your life. You know, I'm a person in this season of my life. This last year, I've been in what I would call a personal prayer revival. Personal prayer. And and I've always tried to make prayer a priority, but I'm telling you, this last year, God has just begun to do a fresh thing in me. And that's one of the things I love about the Holy Spirit. He he can do something fresh no matter how long you've been saved. Yeah. Isn't that cool? How, how many of you in here you've been saved over a decade. You've been serving God. Look at that. Look at that. So many. You, you know, tonight as we come to a close, I'm going to pray that God would put a little bit of what's been going on in me over on you. How many of you would like that? And where you just get a fresh a fresh passion, a fresh dose just just a a fresh love affair with Jesus. And, and making prayer a priority. And, and, you know, maybe you just have served the Lord a little while, and you, you say, man, I I've never developed a prayer life. Well, now is a great time to begin to allow the Lord to speak to you and bring you to that place. So whether you're just getting started or whether you have been saved for a long time and maybe things have gotten dry or you've gotten away from it, I believe the Holy Spirit is drawing you, and he's calling you, and he's saying, come into the place of communion with me. Come into the place of fellowship with me where I can speak to you, where I can minister to you, where I can energize you, where I can direct you. I want you all over just to stand to your feet with me.